Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to episode number 129 of the Draft Analyst, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? This is Chris Tripodi, and I'm joined by Tony Pauline, as always, and we are now officially one week away from the 2020 NFL Draft. It's been a long, strange pre-draft process, Tony, but we're finally nearing the culmination. Strange is the word. I, I mean, usually uh, by August, I'm spent from covering all the uh, pro days after the uh, after the combine for the entire month, but uh, that o- that only took a two week uh, uh, that was a two week process, and then the co- the uh, pro days were cut off, and the in- there were no individual workouts. So, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, it'll be interesting to see the presentation, and then of course the results of uh, who picks who is also interesting. Absolutely, and much like last week's episode this week's will be full of top fives at every position this time we're going to cover the defensive side of the football but before we break all of those down a word from our sponsor live sports are still on hiatus but that doesn't make it a bad time to look into online betting while you're waiting this out at home with us you can still have some fun betting at betonline.ag with no nba no nhl or no mlb you may think there's nothing to bet on, but betonline.ag still has hundreds of places to wager, including their online casino with poker and blackjack. And sports aren't even totally done if you stretch the definition a little bit. There's still esports, American Idol, Big Brother, the elections, the spelling bee, and BetOnline's $750,000 poker series. Yes, Chris, there is still fun to be had. So go to betonline.ag and use our promo code MYPOD100, M-Y-P-O-D-100, to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Now to kick off this defensive-oriented show, we're going to start up front, we're going to end with the secondary, and we're going to start on the edge with the defensive ends, and this one is an easy one. Chase Young is my number one defensive end in this year's draft class. We didn't need combine testing, which he didn't do, to know that he's a freak athlete. Great length, great extension, good array of pass rush moves too. He can chase plays 15 yards down the field. The one knock Uh, Obviously, people have talked about him struggling a bit in big games. He also has a bit of a lean frame, could be an issue in certain situations, might be taken out of some running plays here and there. But in the end, he is an elite athlete. He had top-tier production at the college level, and he should be an impact NFL pass rusher from day one. My number two defensive end is Yatur Grossmatos from Penn State. Easy speed off the edge. The burst to split blockers when they attempt to double-team him uses his hands well and gets extension. Similar build to Young, so he's probably never going to be a stalwart against the run, but he's still a first-round prospect with a lot of upside as a pass rusher. A.J. Epinesa ranks third on my defensive end board. Now, he's a better run defender than both Young and Gross Matos, but he's unlikely to ever be a double-digit sack type of player at the NFL level. That doesn't mean he can't make a big impact. He's just more of a well-rounded type of guy. Great technique and fundamentals plays with leverage, really solid overall defensive end, just not an elite guy off the edge. 
My number four defensive end, Jabari Zuniga, out of Florida, dealt with ankle injuries on and off in 2019, missed six games, was kind of limited in a lot of others. But when he was on the field, quick, explosive pass rusher, similar to Young and Gross Matos. He's only 264 pounds. He'll rush the passer better than he'll stop the run. But he plays with solid pad level, very quick hands, uses them well enough to stay on the field, four three downs, showed well at the senior bowl as well, can turn speed to power a little bit. So he's a guy, if you're looking at a, an edge rusher in the second round, Zuniga is likely going to be there, and he'll be a good fit. My number five defensive end to wrap this up is Marlon Davidson out of Auburn. Speaking of the Senior Bowl, it's really a shame that Davidson only got one practice in there because that first day in Mobile, he was absolutely dominant. He's bigger than the rest of my top five guys here at 303 pounds. Powerful hands, but he's also quick off the line. He can change direction well for his size. Really fits Bex as a five technique in a 3-4. Only really had one year of production at Auburn, but nonetheless should also be a second-round pick. Tony, what do you think of the defensive ends? Yeah, obviously it's Chase Young and everybody else. In fact, it really falls off a cliff after Chase Young. And, and, and you know, I'm, I'm going to parallel some of the things you said about Chase Young, but without being redundant. You know, let's, as far as I'm concerned, when you compare Chase Young to the Boza brothers, I think Chase Young is a much more explosive pass rusher. I think he's quicker around the edge. He's got a great inside move, but he's not as complete a three-down defender. He's a guy who I think is going to struggle against the run. He's going to struggle handing, uh, handling blocks until he uh, fills out his frame and gets stronger. But you know what? He's as close as you're going to get to an impact defensive player. And while everyone loves the quarterbacks these days, it wasn't that long ago that impact defensive players were highly sought out during the NFL draft. Uh, number two is A.J. Epinesa, who I have over Yatar Gross Matos a bit. I like Epinesa. He's not a true edge rusher, and I, I think people are miscasting him as an edge rusher, but he is a terrific three-down defensive end. He's a solid pass rusher who's very good against the run, who plays like his hair is on fire. Uh, you know, again, like you said, he's not going to be a double-digit sack guy, but he's going to be a guy that I think can start off in a four-man front and eventually develop into a very good two-gap end or at least a defensive end in a three-man front, whether it's a one-gap or two-gap system. Gross Matos, I think, is a terrific uh, – pass rusher the problem with gross matos is he never ran which you know he seems pretty fast on the field uh but still you would have liked to seen him more uh, more so than chase young get some get some testing numbers in i i think he's going to be a guy that you could use out of a three-point stance in a four-man line and occasionally stand over tackle my number four guy is marlon davidson uh who i think just has tremendous upside potential i think he's got scheme versatility he's a real good pass rusher He's bigger than A.J. Epinesa, and he ran as fast as Epinesa, and he's significantly bigger than Yatar Gross Matos. Now, the thing with Davidson is this, is you're really going to have to see how much of last year was Marlon Davidson versus the fact that teams were double and sometimes triple teaming Derek Brown and allowing Marlon Davidson, you know, free in one-on-one -on -one, uh, blocking situations. We won't know that until it uh, happens at the next level. But I think Marlon Davidson – Showed a lot of improvement in his game uh, last year. After that, as far as I'm concerned, it really falls off, and you got a lot of different players. Uh, I'm going to put Julian Aquara of Notre Dame as my, my number five defensive end. Now, some people have him as an edge rusher. Some people have him as a stand-up outside linebacker. He's a terrific athlete who's got a tremendous amount of upside. He's got excellent length at 6'4 and a half, 252 pounds. And I think as he physically matures and fills out that frame, with that athleticism, you're looking at a potential 
dynamic defensive end at the next level. Now, like we did last week, we're going to go over a bit of news at each position on kind of what Tony's hearing leading up to the draft here. So, Tony, what about the defensive ends from around the league? Number one, there is a thought process that A.J. Epinesa is falling down draft boards and could fall out of the first round into the top part of round two. It's not an opinion that I'm buying, but there is that opinion out there that he's not as highly rated now as he was, say, pre-combine. And part of the reason is his testing numbers weren't that good. And this is really where the pro day workouts and the individual workouts hurt a player because they're looking at the testing numbers and they're, they're a bit concerned and he's not really going to have the chance uh, to improve on that. So just keep that in the back of your mind. I don't agree with it, but it is, you know, something that's being talked about out there. Um, Rondell Carter of James Madison is getting a lot of talk from scouts, a lot of love from scouts. We talked to his uh, teammate, John Daka, a couple of weeks ago in an interview, and Daka was very high on Rondell Carter. I happen to have uh, Daka graded higher than Rondell Carter because I think he's more explosive, more impactful. Scouts like Rondell Carter because, as John Daka told us during the interview, which I would uh, you know, recommend people go back and listen to, Carter's a big-bodied guy who's got a lot of upside and growth potential. One name that's starting to make the rounds that teams really like someone who wasn't even graded before the season began is Jameer Jones of Notre Dame. A guy, again, maybe a 3-4 outside linebacker, maybe a defensive end, but someone who had a solid year, teams like his game, and as I said, here's a guy who wasn't even graded coming into the season, and he could slide into the uh, late rounds. He could eventually be a seventh-round selection. Now our top five defensive tackles will come next, but first, here's a message from our sponsor. Here at the Draft Analysts, we're super excited to work with True Classic Tees. Style is changing, formal wear is out, and the t-shirt is in, as anybody doing company meetings via Zoom can attest to right now. Based in LA, True Classic Tees is a t-shirt company that's on the rise. As Chris mentioned, their t-shirts are fitted and soft. They hold up in the wash, and they're incredibly versatile. You can wear them out, you can wear them workout, or you can wear them around the house. Or Roger Goodell could potentially wear a true classic tee a week from today when he's announcing the picks at his home in Bronxville, New York. Wouldn't that be something, Tony? The best part of true classic tees is that they are incredibly cheap. Gone are the days of paying $30 for a t-shirt. True classic tees are just $15. And now you can get them for even less with our help. Go to trueclassictees.com and use our code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout for a 20% discount on your order. That's Believe, B-L-E-A-V, at TrueClassicTees.com for your 20% discount. Now moving to defensive tackle where Auburn's Derek Brown, who Tony mentioned earlier when talking about his teammate Marlon Davidson, tops my defensive tackle board. Despite some poor combine testing, he may not be a great interior pass rusher, but he's a guy who's going to clog the middle of the field. He is explosive off the snap, plays with a good motor, great repertoire of moves to get off blocks. Not many offensive linemen are going to be able to handle him, even at the NFL level, without help. He's not a guy you're going to be able to block one-on-one. He makes plays in the backfield, down the line of scrimmage. He even makes plays 10 to 15 yards downfield. You just don't see that from defensive tackles. So personally, I'm not too worried about the poor testing. Javon Kinlaw is my number two tackle. He measures similarly to Brown, but he's not quite as technically proficient 
great first step off the line of scrimmage. He's a fluid mover, also plays with good power. You could easily argue if you wanted to that Kinlaw might be a better pick in the late teens than Brown if he goes in the top five, just in terms of what you're paying for and what pick you're using on these players. Raquan Davis is my third-ranked defensive tackle, big and explosive, does a good job using opponents' leverage against them with swim and rip moves once he gets them off balance, holds his ground well at the point, and he's got the capability to play several spots up front as well. My number four defensive tackle, Neville Gallimore out of Oklahoma, quick and explosive off the line, penetrates the backfield, has very violent and quick hands to avoid getting stuck on blocks and toss blockers aside at times. He's got a good variety of hand moves, and he plays with a strong motor. He's a bit better moving forward than he is laterally, but he's still a guy who can make an impact in the backfield. Now, Jason Strobridge is my fifth-ranked defensive tackle. Really opened some eyes at the Senior Bowl. By the end of the first practice in Mobile that he absolutely dominated, he was commanding double teams from opponents. He's a smooth mover on the inside, really good speed and quickness, rapid-fire hand usage to keep clean. If he can add some weight to his frame, which does have some growth potential to it, that should help him improve his play against the run as well. Where do you stand on the tackle, Sony? Listen, uh, my love for Derek Brown, literally the past two years, it ha- is well noted out there. So there, there's really not much more I can say. Uh, you know, the guy's a three-down defender. I, I don't agree with this fact that people say he didn't test well at the combine. Okay, granted, his three-con wasn't that good. But his uh, short shuttle was, was right up there with everybody. You know, uh, 27-inch vertical jump at 326 pounds, 51640, big deal. But still, he had a 173-10 split, which is outstanding. And uh, what was it, 28 reps on the bench with arms that were 34 inches. So really, except for the three-cone, I-, I thought everything lined up. The bottom line for me with Derek Brown is, in my opinion, he's a much more uh, complete three-down defender than Chase Young. He's not the edge rusher of Chase Young. He's not a guy that's going to cause an impact off of Chase Young. But everything you said as far as his athleticism, his power, he's the kind of guy that's going to have to be accounted for when he lines up on the line of scrimmage. Uh, Javon Kinlaw, I think Javon Kinlaw made a lot of progress in his game this year. More athletic than Derek Brown, but not as powerful and not somebody that's going to continually command double team blocks and collapse the pocket. I think he's got a, an upside if he's got his head str- uh, screwed on straight, and we'll get into that in a second. And I think he's going to end up in the first round. Uh, number three for me is Raekwon Davis. I know that Raekwon Davis has fallen down a lot of draft boards. As some people have him as a third-round pick. I've got him as a second-round pick. But Raekwon Davis has got a good body of work. He hasn't shown the development that I really like to see in, a, uh, in, a de- in any prospect. Uh, but I think he's a guy that you can line up on the inside of a four-man front. He can play uh, defensive end in a two-gap system in a three-man front. He's got some scheme versatility. And, you know, he's done it for three years. Granted, you could make the argument that his sophomore season of 2017 was his most impactful where he, when he looked the best. I understand that. But he's still a big man that causes disruption up front. Number four would be uh, Ross Blacklock of TCU. More of a three-technique type, but probably the top athlete of, uh, of the top uh, defensive tackles, the top uh, five or six defensive tackles. A guy who's a first-step lineman, a guy who has just got to get a little bit bigger, got to get a little bit stronger, really hasn't played much football the past two years, uh, but he's got a great amount of upside. I then like Jordan Elliott of uh, Missouri, another underclassman, a uh, guy who's got decent size at six foot four, 302 pounds, 
tested well at the combine. If you watch him play, he's incredibly explosive. He's got a great first step off the snap. Shows the ability to penetrate the gaps, but he's also strong. He's also very tough to move off the point of attack. I think he's a second-round pick, and I think he's a guy that could be a potential star at the next level. Now, Tony, you alluded to it earlier with your comment on Javon Kinlaw, but give us some news on what you're hearing about the defensive tackles. Yeah, Kinlaw is a guy that had turned a couple, a lot of people off with his interviews. I just heard that it was – he didn't seem like he came prepared or uh, – just ready for what was going to be the biggest job interview uh, of his life uh, during, uh, during those interviews. It, it was kind of laissez-faire, no big deal. That has concerned, that, that concerns people. Remember Javon Kinlaw was a, he was a, a big bodied guy uh, and 2018 lost a lot of weight. There's some concern there. So if Javon Kinlaw, and remember people were talking about Kinlaw going top 12 at some point, Kinlaw is probably going to go bottom half of round one, which is still pretty good, but it's later than people had originally thought. One defensive tackle that's making his way up draft boards is Davon Hamilton of Ohio State. Hamilton, who, you know, some people say late third round or early fourth round, I'm hearing could go early part of round three. So Davon Hamilton, from what scouts are saying, is going to go a lot earlier than what people have, have him projected. If you're looking for a sleeper, a guy who could come out of nowhere and be drafted in the late rounds. Tyre Tart of Florida International. We've had his, uh, his quarterback, James Morgan, on here at the interview, and we've talked about his quarterback. Tart is more of a three-technique guy. He's incredibly explosive. Kind of had an up-and-down, inconsistent senior season. Really stood out to me as a junior. I'm hearing Tart is getting some seventh-round grades, and really, he's a guy that nobody talks about. Linebackers are up next in our defensive rankings. Now, there isn't much more to say about the top linebacker on my board, and I'm assuming Tony's board as well, and that is Clemson's Isaiah Simmons. He's got linebacker size and cornerback athleticism. He also has the range to thrive as a single high safety, which he showed throughout his time at Clemson. He's always around the ball, but he also stays disciplined with his responsibilities, doesn't over-pursue plays. He's a forceful blitzer and really just a guy who goes for the ball tries to strip opponents, lays big hits to try to separate players from the ball, and has good ball skills in the air. So, I mean, he is just the entire package and deserves all the accolades that he's been getting throughout the pre-draft process. My number two linebacker, and just a note here that we are going to be including edge rushers in the linebacker situation here, just like we did with the defensive ends. That being said, my number two linebacker is Caleb Von Chason out of LSU, Rebounded very nicely from a 2018 ACL tear, which cost him most of that season. Had a six-and-a-half sack season this year. Very explosive off the edge. Moves well in every direction. Makes plays up the field. Does it down the line of scrimmage and pursuit. Uses his hands well also and really is the best edge-rushing option in the draft for teams that run a 3-4 defense. My number three linebacker is Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma. He's got good size, elite athletic ability, shows great range to the sideline, really finds ways to avoid blocks on the interior, works through the trash very well, should make a quick impact in the NFL as a three-down player. Friend of our podcast that we talked to before the season over the summer, Josh Uche out of Michigan, checks in at number four on my linebacker board. Mostly rushed the passer at Michigan, but really showed great versatility at the senior bowl. He's a guy who's quick off the snap, shows great flexibility around the edge, Show some inside counter moves as well and 
most importantly for his draft stock is he was comfortable in space in Mobile, picking up running backs and coverage, even played some middle linebacker and showed the ability to scrape down the line of scrimmage. So it'd be very interesting to see how he's used by whichever team drafts him, but there is a ton of untapped upside in Uche. And lastly, my number five linebacker is LSU's Patrick Queen. He's a bit small at six foot, 229 pounds, but he's an excellent athlete. Really burst onto the scene this year, jumping ahead of teammate Jacob Phillips as an NFL prospect. It's hard not to notice Queen when you pop on the LSU film. He's aggressive downhill into the sidelines. His coverage skills could use a little bit of work, but maybe that comes in time once he further develops. He was a first-year starter this season. The athleticism, at the very least, is definitely there. Tony, who makes up your top five at the linebacker position? Well, obviously, Isaiah Simmons. I do think that uh, is number one far and away. And, and like the uh, defensive end position or, or the pass rusher position, it really falls off a cliff after that, although not as great. I'll get into that in a second. But hey, listen, Simmons, I liked him since he was a redshirt freshman. I had him graded as a second-round pick after his redshirt freshman year at Clemson when he lined up at safety. He's got a tremendous amount of upside. We saw what kind of athlete he was at the combine. And the thing with Simmons is I don't think he's a plug-and-play type of uh, defender. I think it's a situation where – you may have to develop a position or system for him. And if he responds well and he's able to absorb what goes on in that system, you're going to have yourself a dynamic uh, defender. Otherwise, it could be some bumps in the road. I don't think it's a short thing with uh, Isaiah Simmons. Kenneth Murray's my number two. You know, a little bit bigger than some of the quote-unquote smaller linebackers that have come out in the draft recently and we've taken early. Devin White, Roquan Smith. Uh, but he's fast. He's explosive. He covers a lot of area in no time at all. He goes sideline to sideline. Would like to see him improve his, uh, his, his skills in pass protection a little bit better, but wasn't really used all that much in that in the Sooner system. I think he's got great upside. Clayvon Chazon, I love him as an athlete. I like him as a football player. I've got major concerns about his durability. We'll see what happens there. He's my number three. My number four, Josh Uche, who we'll have a little bit of news on in a minute. He's my number four. Uh, and he's a guy who I don't think he had the senior season. Many were hoping, but they, they did a lot of different things with him in 2019 at Michigan rather than just having him rush up the field. My number five, Curtis Weaver beats out Patrick Queen. I think Curtis Weaver, he's got to lose a little bit more weight, weighed in at the combine at 265. I think his playing weight, optimal playing weight is about 255 to 258 pounds. But he's a terrific athlete who really, as a sophomore in 2018, showed tremendous ability as a pass rusher. But he also has the athleticism, the playing space to be a three-down defender. So with Weaver, I think it's a guy that's got a, a, a tremendous amount of upside. Just got to get himself in shape and really can develop his game from where it was in 2018. Now, for any of our listeners who want to learn a little bit more about Curtis Weaver, check out our interview with his teammate, Ezra Cleveland, who went up against him every day in practice the past several years, a couple episodes back. Very good interview, not just for the info we got about Ezra Cleveland himself, but also his teammate, Curtis Weaver. Now, Tony, again, you teased it out a little here with some news on Josh Uche. So fill us in on what's going on there with the linebacker. Yeah, Uche is going to go much earlier than people project, which is a good thing. I, I mean, we really enjoyed our interview with him. He was one of the first guys we interviewed over the summer, and, and he was an intelligent, uh, intelligent guy. We enjoyed speaking with him. He's an easy guy to root for. When I say he's going to go earlier, 
I, he could go top 12 picks in round two. Uh, I had been hearing, you know, mid-round two. I'm told that on some boards he's moved into those top 12 picks, and why not? I mean, you watch the 2018 film. Granted, he was rotated onto the field because of the talent, the depth of talent that Michigan had, but he was an explosive pass rusher. And then this year he was used as more of a linebacker, uh, especially at the senior bowl, and he really stood out. So Uche is going to go earlier than expected, could go top half or round two. Another linebacker that I think is going to shock people how early he goes is Willie Gay of Mississippi State. Uh, I have a third-round grade on him. I'm hearing he could go early second round. And the thing with Gay is 6'1", 243 pounds, ran a 4'4", 6 at the Combine, an incredible athlete with outstanding size. I wish he was more consistent on the field than he is, but teams love his size and they love his upside. And Willie Gay of Mississippi State, Willie Gay Jr. of Mississippi State, could end up in the second round. Davion Taylor is well-liked, and the, the uh, linebacker from uh, Colorado, the incredible athlete from Colorado, question with him is instincts. You know, uh, the, is he able to absorb it between the ears? But from a physical standpoint, teams right now have a uh, third-round grade on Davion Taylor, and I don't know too many people on the outside who are looking at Taylor as a third-rounder. I have a fourth-round grade on him, but he could go uh, somewhere in the mid to late part of round three. Um, one player who's falling is Terrell Lewis of Alabama, guy who I really like a lot, but I'm told his medicals came back rather poor, and as a result, he's going to slide. I mean, when Terrell, Terrell Lewis at the top of his game is a fringe first-round choice, but right now I'm hearing early to mid-third round grades on Terrell Lewis primarily because of the medicals. Now, I want to follow up here on one of the guys you mentioned there, and that's Willie Gay. Obviously, he's a guy, for people who don't know, he was suspended for eight games and, you know, has had his share of kind of off-field issues while at Mississippi State. If teams are going to be looking at him potentially early on day two, Tony, that assumes that they're comfortable with his whole off-field situation? Well, the teams that have given him a second-round grade are. I, I mean, I, I'm sure it's not parallel with all teams as, as – usually isn't with character issues or injury issues, um, but they, they've got to be. I mean, they better be. I, I think in gay, what they see is they say they see an incredible athlete with outstanding size who flashes ability and, and they're just looking at his upside. So, I, I mean, we talked about Javon Kinlaw, why he may be falling. And there are, I've heard about other guys who are falling because of character concerns. I've not heard it with Willie Gay. I hear he's going in the opposite direction. And as we always say, it only takes one. So, you know, he could be off 29 boards. If he's on one, they have him as a high second rounder. That's where he ends up going. Absolutely. And, and again, with Gay, and, and I'm not, you know, again, I, I don't, necess- I don't uh, share this same opinion, uh, but that is the opinion of a lot of people in the league. Now, all that's left on this week's show is the secondary. We'll start with cornerback after another message from our sponsor. With home security, There are two ways you can go about protecting your home. You can wait weeks for a technician to do a messy install that costs a fortune, or you can get Simply Safe, the two-time winner of CNET's Editor's Choice Award. Go to simplysafe.com/team today, and you'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You got nothing to lose. Go now and be sure you go to Simply Safe. That is S-I-M-P-L-I Safe simplysafe.com slash team. 
From Simply Safe and all of us here, we wish you safety and good health. Now moving on to the cornerback position, and for me on my board, it is a clear top two. We'll start with my number one, Jeffrey Okuda out of Ohio State. Great size and length at 6'1", 205 pounds, 32 and 5'8 inch arms, ridiculous fluidity and explosive ability. Doesn't really have the top end speed. He ran a 4'4", 8 at the combine, but his physicality usually keeps receivers from getting to full speed early on in their routes anyway, so I don't see that as a major issue. My number two corner, C.J. Henderson, does have great top-end speed. He ran a 4.39, and he placed that on tape. Similar size to Akuda, just not quite as technically sound. There are some question marks around his tackling ability. But based on what he does in coverage, and specifically man coverage, he should be a high first-round pick, just not quite as high as Okuda. My number three corner is Trayvon Diggs from Alabama. Like Okuda and Henderson, he's 6'1", 205. He has long arms. He's not as technically sound as Okuda. He's not as fast as Henderson, which is why he comes in below both on my board. He can get a bit grabby in trail coverage, but he closes well to the ball, has solid ball skills, and does a good job with route recognition in zone coverage as well. My fourth-ranked corner, A.J. Terrell out of Clemson. Good size and speed. A lot of people were surprised by his 4-4-2 40-yard dash at the combine, but he plays to that on the field. He can stick with receivers in the deep field. Does lack the length of the top three corners, which does hurt him a bit in man coverage and contested situations. Also struggles a bit to get his head around, which kind of does the same thing there in terms of contested situations. But he's still worthy of a late first or early second round pick in my eyes. My number five corner, a player many rank at safety, but in reality, you don't see many 5'9", 203-pound safeties in the NFL. And that's Antoine Winfield Jr. His obvious NFL bloodlines with his father playing in the league. Very athletic, elite ball skills, tackles well, and really competes against the run as well. Played over the slot receiver often at Minnesota. Obviously, that lack of height and short arms could be a problem for him, as well as his injury history. But ball hawks like him do not grow on trees, and he will be a very valuable NFL player, even if he's relegated to just playing in the slot. Tony, who are your top five corners? Yeah, well, first, let me agree with you. I have Antoine Winfield Jr. graded as a corner as well for a lot of the reasons you said, although he's outside my top five. Obviously, uh, Jeffrey Kuda is my number one, despite the fact that there are reports out there that C.J. Henderson may pay and may pass him. The reports I've not been able to uh, verify or, or find any justification in. He needs to uh, become a more secure tackler, but really he's got everything else. He's got the size, he's got enough speed, and he does a terrific job getting his head back around, locating the pass in the air. C.J. Henderson is next, better athlete, he's faster, He's as explosive. He's a physical cornerback. My concern with Henderson is does a lot of face guarding. Really struggles getting his head back around to locate the pass in the air. My number three, and not far off, is Trayvon Diggs. And I know that I have Diggs rated much higher than most, but he's got better size than the top two guys at six one and a half, two hundred five pounds. He's run. He's running the in the four fours. He's a guy who really, when healthy has shown terrific ball skills. I think part of the problem was a lot of teams didn't challenge uh, Trayvon Diggs this year. He's not as quick or as explosive as Akuda Henderson, but that size and those ball skills that he's flashed, if he puts it together, he's going to be a, a terrific cornerback at the next level. A.J. Terrell's my number four guy. I parallel everything you said about him. Decent size, just does too – I ran faster than expected the combine, just does too much face guarding. He's a guy who, if you go back – and you 
read what I wrote over the summer, or you even listened to our podcast from last summer when we were breaking down the ACC, I had A.J. Terrell as a potential first, second round choice. That's where I have him right now. I don't think he showed, or at least showed me, a lot of progress in his game last year. My number five cornerback, it, as far as I'm concerned, after those four, it's a significant drop-off. I've got Jalen Johnson, a guy who, you know, like uh, the top guys, outstanding size, six foot tall, 193 pounds. Probably didn't run as fast as people hoped, but he's a big physical cornerback that showed development and has got a good amount of upside in his game. Now, Tony, what are you hearing from around the league, from scouts about the cornerback position and what we may see happen come draft night? A couple things. Number one, um, as I reported on Wednesday at Pro Football Network, uh, while I, I found no one, no one's told me that they prefer C.J. Henderson over Jeffrey Kuda. the more people I talk to, the more it seems likely that C.J. Henderson is going to end up in the top 12 selections of the draft because teams do like him. Uh, right now, I have him graded as my 13th-ranked player when the new, uh, new grades, uh, updated rankings were uh, released. Cornerback who's probably going to go much higher than people expect is Noah Igbenohin of Auburn. Anywhere from mid to late second round, which I don't see too many people uh, having him rated that high. Uh, a guy who showed a lot of skill in 2018 as a sophomore, really picked up his game last year. He's got decent size. He's got developing ball skills. Teams like him a real lot. And we talked about the, the uh, medicals being bad for Terrell Lewis. I'm told that the, even though I have him graded as a fifth-round pick, there are a lot of teams that are satisfied with the medicals on Bryce Hall of Virginia, and they feel that Bryce Hall is going to end up in the third round, which is kind of where he started the season at before, uh, before all the injuries. I know some people graded him as a first-rounder, but scouts all along uh, have graded Bryce Hall as a third-rounder. And I'm, more importantly, the point is I'm hearing that his medicals uh, are – teams are pretty satisfied with him. Two interesting points, two college safeties – Miles Bryant of Washington and Graylin Arnold of Baylor are on most teams' cornerback boards. So those are guys they expect to move from the inside to the outside. Um, Graylin Arnold, he's a tall, athletic kid who had insane production uh, last season, uh, but he's very unrefined in his game, really needs to improve his ball skills. I thought he was more opportunistic than he was a good football player, uh, and, he, and he's a solid athlete. Miles Bryant is a guy you just absolutely love to watch play. And I think with Miles Bryant, it's a sort of similar situation, as you mentioned, with Antoine Winfield. Miles Bryant only goes about 5'9 and change. He flies around the field. He sacrifices his body. But I think because of the fact he's so short, teams feel he's going to be moved uh, to cornerback. Ironically, Miles Bryant, who not too many people figure is going to be drafted, is receiving some six-round grades by teams. I was just about to ask because obviously Bryant's size is, you know, that of a corner, but I mean, he at the very least on film doesn't look that athletic. And at the combine, I mean, you know, his broad, his vertical, his 40 yard dash were all in, you know, the bottom 15 percentiles of defensive backs. I mean, he looked good in the agility drills, but it just, it seems like an interesting juxtaposition to take a guy who doesn't really have great athleticism for a safety and move him to corner. But again, if you're 5'8", 183, which is what he tested out at in Indianapolis, it's kind of hard to see you as a safety as well. He's, he's almost the ultimate tweener, even though he's a really good football player. 
think what's going to happen with Miles Bryant if he's drafted, even if he's signed as a priority free agent, you're looking at basically nothing more than a, a dime back at the next level. You're bringing him on for a special teams mentality because you know that he, the way he plays and the way he approaches the game, he should be a tremendous asset on coverage units. Absolutely. And uh, we're going to finish off the show here by breaking down our top five at that safety position after a word from our sponsor. Even in this current economic climate, the perfect tire can have an impact on your business for years to come. And the only place to find the perfect tire is on LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has over 675 million members worldwide. Wow. LinkedIn Jobs screens candidates with the hard and soft skills you're looking for so you can hire the right person fast. LinkedIn looks beyond the work skills and puts your job post in front of qualified candidates who match your business requirements perfectly. It's no wonder a person is hired every eight seconds with LinkedIn and why companies rated LinkedIn Jobs the number one hiring platform for delivering quality hires. Find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit linkedin.com slash team. Again, that's linkedin.com slash team to get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. Now, taking a look at our final position here defensively, that is the safety position. And number one on my board is Grant Delpit. Early in his LSU career, looked like a potential high first-round pick. He's fallen off a little bit since, had some issues with his tackling in 2019, missed a lot of opportunities, but he's a very aggressive run defender, very high physical potential as well with his size and athletic ability. He shows sideline-to-sideline range, has the ability to cover tight ends, and really can be a high-impact safety. He just has to get back to being the player that we saw before the 2019 campaign. My number two safety is Kyle Duger out of Lenore Rhine. He's a freak athlete, not only showed that he belonged with higher level competition at the Senior Bowl, but he was an absolute stud all week, flies around the field, stays disciplined and plays in control, showed ball skills as well. It may take him a little bit longer to adjust to the NFL level than someone like Delpit, who played in the SEC for three seasons, but he's really not too far behind in terms of physical ability. Xavier McKinney, not the athlete of Delpit. And Duger sized a bit more like a corner than a safety and does have four six three speed, but he's a heady player who can cover the slot, comes up to play the run. He's an effective blitzer with closing speed and a solid athlete in terms of his agility and explosion. So he comes in at number three on my board, Jeremy Chin from Southern Illinois. A bit similar to Kyle Duger in that it's a small school safety with freak athleticism. Stood next to him during indoor practice at the Senior Bowl, actually, on that final day when the rain pushed us inside. And, I mean, I'm not a big guy. I'm about 5'7", 165 pounds. But, I mean, he just towered over me. Looks like he's kind of built in a lab. But he is a bit slow to process information at times. Probably he's going to need more time to adjust again to the NFL level than the top three safeties on my board. But the upside is absolutely there to make him a good starter at the NFL level. Lastly, my number five safety is Ashton Davis out of Cal, an All-American hurdler on the track and field team for the Bears. He's not as big or as fast as Delpit, Duger, or Chin. He's not as well-rounded a player as McKinney, but he's a solid downhill safety with decent ball skills and a guy who should be able to make an impact at the next level. To wrap this whole thing up, Tony, what does the top of your safety board look like? Yeah, I agree with you, Delpit. It's still a top my board. You know, it's... It seems like a situation similar to what we went with, what we went 
through with Greedy Williams a year ago. Uh, and Greedy Williams ended up as a uh, mid-first, uh, mid-second round choice because people said he wasn't a physical cornerback, ended up starting this year for the Browns. Delpit, there were concerns about his speed, didn't run at the uh, combine. Uh, listen, uh, you got to go back on the film on this one, and maybe he didn't improve off of uh, 2018, but I think he's turned in two real good seasons of film. I, I, I like him as a player. I like his size. I, I think for 213 pounds, he's a guy who could play free safety, go sideline to sideline. I just, I just like so much about the Delpit. My number two is Xavier McKinney. Decent size, very good player, below average speed. You know, you got to be careful with Alabama safety sometimes because unlike LSU receivers who are better pros than they are college players, it seems that Alabama safeties are better college players than they are in the pros. Now, hopefully Xavier McKinney, Breaks that uh, streak. Uh, I think he's a solid up-the-field type of uh, safety who shows good recognition and coverage. Don't think he's got great upside, but I, I think he's a plug-and-play type guy. Kyle Duger of Lenore Rhyme. You look at his size. You look at his speed. You look at his overall game, his cover skills. Six-year senior was a bit disconcerting, but still, I, I think he's a guy that you can use as, at free safety. And, you know, in college, despite the fact it was a small school level, displayed himself to be a game-impacting return specialist, which also helps. Jeremy Chin, although he didn't really play too much last year, he's got linebacker-type size, defensive back-type speed. He's a hard hitter. Uh, he's a guy who impacts the game. It's just a matter of him completing his game. My number five guy is Tanner Muse of Clemson. Uh, another safety with linebacker-type size. I love Tanner Muse as a uh, player. I questioned his speed. A lot of the scouts estimated him to run in the four sevens before the season began. He goes to the combine. He runs a four, four, one, which really pushes him up my draft board. He's instinctive. He's intense. I don't think he's got the great sideline to sideline range, but if you want to use him as a traditional strong safety or even his own type safety and a special teamer, I think Tanner Muse is going to have a long career at the next level. Yeah, I mean, Muse is definitely a high floor type of guy, as you said, because at worst, he's going to be an excellent special teams player. And, you know, like you, and you watch him, you're like, okay, this guy is a really good football player, but not that level of athlete. And when Clemson played Ohio State in the playoffs, you actually watched him chase down J.K. Dobbins and prevent Dobbins from scoring a long touchdown. And I mean, that kind of teased it out a little bit to say, hey, this guy is faster than we think. And obviously, he confirmed all of that at the combine. Yeah, or J.K. Dobbins was a little bit slower than we thought, but uh, Dobbins, uh, you know, did okay. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, the question with with uh, with Muse is was you know was he going to be fat? Was he a tweener? Was he uh, you know a college safety was going to have to move the linebacker? He's got the linebacker size. Obviously, showed the defensive back speed. Absolutely, and and Tony, what are you hearing about safety boards around the league from scouts and, and league personnel? Very possible that no safety ends up in the first round. Uh, I, I've yet to hear anybody who's come away say, you know, X number of safeties, one safety, two safety, whatever is going to be selected in the first round. So we could have a draft where there's no tight ends or no safeties selected in round one. A lot of teams have Xavier McKinney of Alabama, uh, number one on their safety board. A lot of teams have Jeremy Chin selected, uh, or I should say rated ahead Kyle Duger. I think it's primarily because of the size speed issues, although I think Duger is the more complete safety. Guys moving up the boards. Keep this name on the tip of your tongue. Kenny Robinson Jr. 
Kenny Robinson Jr., again, I suggest you go back and listen to our summer uh, podcast, or at least you read my stuff from last summer. Kenny Robinson Jr., coming out of the 2018 season, I graded him as a fifth-round pick. He was dismissed from the West Virginia program because of academic improprieties. It wasn't that he's academic ineligible. They said academic improprieties or, or breaking of academic rules, something of that sort, which kind of made it seem like it was unseemly. He actually played, I believe, four or five games last year in the XFL. Right now, Kenny Robinson Jr., who no one is talking about, is getting some early third-round grades by teams. I have him as a last-day pick, but there is a chance that Kenny Robinson Jr., who didn't play West Virginia last year, played a handful of games in the XFL, could be a third-round selection. Another safety that's moving up draft boards is J.R. Reed of Georgia. A lot of teams have him graded as a uh, day-two pick. Uh, ran much faster at the combine than expected. J.R. Reed is a guy who I've liked for three years. He's more of a strong safety you know, a guy who plays great downhill, doesn't have the great range, but I think when he ran much faster than people expected the combine, that really sent him up draft boards, probably a good two rounds. You're looking for another sleeper, the Jarius Sneed of Louisiana Tech. Here's a guy who had great film in 2018 when he played cornerback. He was moved inside to safety this year because, as my article will talk about on Friday at, at Pro Football Network, they just had a tremendous amount of talent in that secondary at Louisiana Tech. Didn't make as many plays, but he tested well at the combine. Teams love his versatility. And again, here's a guy no one is talking about. But Jarius Sneed could come off the board early in day three uh, of the draft. Finally, I talked about Graylin Arnold before, a guy that uh, – college safety who's who uh, is on a lot of cornerback boards his teammate Chris Miller uh, is someone that teams are looking at as a potential late round pick which is good to see Miller isn't the greatest athlete in the world but he's a terrific football player and if you watch the Baylor film I mean the guy is constantly around the field making plays uh, was 5'11 and a half 190 pounds four six at the combine which is going to knock him down, but he's a real good football player who can play special teams. And that's it for the 129th episode of the Draft Analyst, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on any of the major podcast platforms and leave us a rating and a review. And feel free to ask us questions on Twitter that we'd be happy to answer on the show. Next week's episode will come out the morning of round one of this year's NFL draft. So we will have all the latest on what we're hearing for you as the pre-draft process, as strange as it's been, officially comes to a close. Until then, on behalf of Tony Pauline, I'm Chris Tripodi. Everybody continue to stay safe and we will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.